So we're starting a brand new series today that I've, I've kind of had it in my heart for a couple of years. And it was really out of a response to, uh, I feel like, what's happened in our culture. In 2021, they, they called it, they named that year uh, the year of the Great Resignation. And then they said that they, go, they went ahead and coined it. Time Magazine said, we're just going to go ahead and say 2022 is another year of the Great Resignation. Because a lot of people found themselves wondering um, if they were in the right field, if, what my, if my job was making a difference, if what I'm doing matters every day. And, and I'm, I'm sure you've felt that before. You know, going to work, that's where we spend most of our time. That's where we spend most of our energy. It's, it's going to work. And, and so I think what happened is, is they called it the great resignation, but I like to call it the great realignment. And people started looking at their job and measuring it based on not how much money I make or how much freedom I have, but is there meaning? Am I, am I feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing? And, and I've felt that, and I'm sure that you have felt that, but I, I have felt that as, as well. And, and so I want to just the rest of January, we're going to be talking about that, connecting Sunday worship to Monday work, because we're only here for an hour each week, right? We come to church once a week, but you're at your job probably every, you know, five days a week, maybe more than that. And, and, and so is, is there a connection between the two? Is what I'm doing on Monday really matter, or is it just a job? Am I just checking a box? I, I wanted to read a couple things to you. There was a, a guy that went in for an interview, and he said, you know, I'm really good at several things. I'm good at multitasking. Multitasking. I can waste time, be unproductive, and procrastinate all at once. <laughs> One guy said, I quit my job at Nike. I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new trend in our office. Everyone's putting their names on their food. I, I saw it today while I was eating a sandwich named Kevin. <laughs> Keep the dream alive. Hit the snooze button. I don't mind coming to work. It's the eight-hour wait to go home that I can't stand. <laughs> I didn't like my job as a waiter, but at least I was putting food on the table. Come on, I'll be here all day. I got to sit a couple more. I hired a handyman and he gave him a list of jobs to do. Of the jobs on the list, he only completed numbers one, three, five, and seven. Turns out he only does odd jobs. <laughs> all right, last one. In retail, there are two important things to learn, which are honesty and empathy. And the sooner you can learn to fake these, the better you will be at your job. That one was free right there. <laughs> All right, and so let's look at this. Our theme verse is going to be in the book of uh, Colossians, and so this is going to be the verse that we'll visit each week. Colossians chapter 3, uh, we're going to read two verses, 23 and 24, and what I love about this book particularly is, is Paul's writing, and, and it's very practical. He's giving just practical advice here. This is not, you know, deep theology. He's talking about how to treat our spouses. Um, he, he's talking about how parents should... Um, you know, how children should, should treat their parents and vice versa. It's a very practical teaching here. But then he talks about work. In verse 23, says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as working for the Lord and not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as, an, as a reward. 
Okay, so whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, knowing that you're not working for your boss, that there's a, there's a higher power there involved. And so growing up in church, you know, I was, I was raised Catholic, got out of church for a long time, and then I, I got saved in a Pentecostal church. And, um, and they talked a lot about callings. Maybe you've heard that before, that the, the call of God. And most of the time, the call of God was normally connected to that person that felt like they were supposed to quit their job and sell everything and get on a plane and go build a church in, in some remote region of the world, right? They, they were called or they, they felt called into the ministry or they uh, felt called to start some kind of nonprofit or it, it was always connected to the, the kind of the fivefold ministry of the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And so hearing that calling and hearing that language a lot, you know, I was, I was working at Pepsi and I felt like in my mind, well, I guess I don't have a, I don't have a calling. I'm, I'm just working a normal job. That's what I do. And, and so it seemed like the folks that had the callings all worked within the church. But this morning, I wanted, I wanted to just bring to you a thought that every person on this planet is called by God to do something. And there are no higher callings and lower callings in the kingdom of God. That was a false teaching that spread in the church for a long time. And even the word clergy is not in the Bible. The New Testament, the ones that were leading the church, the disciples were fishermen. They were, right, right? They had normal jobs, tax collectors. They, they had normal everyday jobs. These were not people that went to seminary to become professional this or that. And, and God, Jesus called them out of, the, out of that, even within it, to do his work. And so the, the word calling, I, I looked it up. And it's got like four meanings, that word call. You see it in the Bible a lot, that, that, you're, that we're called upon to do something, or that just the word itself, calling. And the first basic meaning of that word call, this isn't in your notes, but if you want to write it down, is this basically just like you pick up your phone and call somebody. No different. Uh, I think it's in the book of Psalms. It talks about Psalm 147. God provides food for the cattle and the ravens when they call. That's basically it. Your mom calls you, your dad calls you, you give somebody your number, here's my number, right? Call me maybe, that's it. That's the first meaning, call. The, the second meaning in the Bible is more found in the Old Testament and, and we see it right in the first book in the first chapter of the Bible, that God created light and he called it day. And then darkness, he called it night. So the second meaning of this word call is connected to our names and who we're meant to be. And so your name is very special. And when you're picking a name for, you know, for a child, if you've had that, the honor to do that, you know it's really important. Because the name that you give a person, oftentimes it's prophetic. They, they live into that name. In the Bible, names were critically important. That when they were given a name, oftentimes, or you know, in the New Testament, we're really familiar, Christmas just passed. When the announcement of the birth of Christ says, you will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And he, he lived into that name. So that's the second form of calling. And then the third type of call that we see is mostly in the New Testament. And, and you're not going to, the word church is not even in the New Testament. It was ecclesia. And it literally meant the called out ones. The ones that had heard the call from God to separate from whatever they were doing. They, they felt this, they found this call from, a, from on high, right? 
And, and so they're known as the called out ones. Um, you see this in a lot of the New Testament letters that Paul wrote. I want to give you one example here. Romans chapter 1, verse 6. It says that you're, you are also among the Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. He uses that word called over and over in the book of Romans. Romans 8, 28, he uses, it, he uses it again. We know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so that calling there, every Christian should have that calling. When we become a Christian, what does it mean? Like, do we sign a box? Do we join a church? Do we repeat a prayer after someone? The real gauge, the real measuring stick is if I'm a Christian, is if I'm listening to the voice of the master and he called my name, he called me out, right? He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Like somewhere in my life, I was just stumbling around. Like I, people say they found God, but, but he, you know, he found me in my experience. And I heard the call and I just started, you know, following his voice and doing my best to serve him. And, and so that is the mark of a Christian. You've been called out. At some point, you were heading this direction, and then something just struck you, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to repent just means to turn the other way. I'm going to go after this voice now. I've been following this voice my whole life. I'm going to go after this voice. So every Christian has that calling on their life. We are called to listen for the voice of God. And I believe that, that God has given you the ability to do that for yourself. And we have, we have pastors and we have people that help us and there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. But at the end of the day, Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and they will not follow another. I don't think there's ever been a, a day or an hour where that's not more important than now. And so I'm living my life based on what I'm hearing from heaven. I'm putting listening ahead of looking. I'm, I've been called out by God. That is the basis of being a Christian. You may not be able to memorize any, any of Scripture. You may not know the Bible at all. Uh, you may have never been to church. But if you've heard the call, the guy that wrote the book that we're reading out of today was on his way to kill Christians on the road to Damascus. His name was Saul. And all of a sudden, a, sh a light shone all around him. He got kicked off of his donkey, and then he heard the call. And guess what he was from that point? He was a Christian, didn't sign anything, didn't go to body, right? He was just, there it was, the call happened. Well, there's this fourth level of calling. And we see this in Colossians 3, and we see this over and over in the New Testament, that, that once God calls you out of the, out the way that you're living, calls you out of the world, right? Calls you out of darkness, and he cleans you all up, and your life changes, and now things are looking better. Well, he gives you a job, <laughs> He gives you something to do. And I, that's what I want to talk about for the next couple of weeks. We call it work. We can call it our vocation, our career. But so many times we don't see that, what we do every day, as a calling from God. I didn't for a long time. In my mind, the people that were leading the church, that were missionaries, that, that were evangelists, they were the called out ones. And what I'm finding in my life is that that first call, we'll just call it the first call, that when God calls you out and, and you first hear his voice and you become a Christian, that first call to listen to his voice never changes. We're called to him. We're called to a person. 
We're called to follow the voice of this carpenter that is from Galilee, that made tables for 30 years and then had a three-year ministry. We're called to listen for his voice, every one of us. And that never changes. But the second calling, what you do with your time and your talent and your treasure, the work of your hands, what you call your job, that second calling constantly changes. Constantly changes. Because at some point in your life, God may call you to do something, and at another point of your life, you may be doing something else. And so my first calling to God never changes, but my second calling to contribute always will. Always will. And what happens is we can really get confused when we put that second calling above the priority of the first calling. And that's really easy to do. Especially if we're spending 50, 60 hours at work and our identity, if you meet somebody in an airport and ask them, well, hey, uh, the first question is going to be, well, what do you do? Right? We've connected our identity to our work and we've connected so much, you know, our worth to what we do every day. But that second calling will change. And so the big question, I think, for a lot of people that are considering leaving their jobs, the last Barna study they did last year, 40% of people they studied were considering leaving their jobs finding something else to do. There's this massive tension right now is, is what is my calling, right? I get that. Okay, I'm called to God. I'm here at church. You're here. You're doing awesome. But, but what do I do, Pastor, when I, when, I, when I wake up on Monday and I don't want to get in the car and go to work because I don't feel called at all to do this? You know what I'm saying? Right. right. I feel called to get in my car, drive to the airport, and fly as far away from here as I can get. I know the feeling. I know what that's like. I, I get it. Like I, you know, so how do I, how do I decipher if it's God or if it's, you know, am I in my calling? Am I doing what he wants me to do? Well, I, I want to go back to the first time that, that work is mentioned in the Bible. And it's pretty awesome because it was God who did it. The first verse of the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1. There's this thing called the law of first mention. And so it's like, for instance, water. If you want to get the best definition of water, according to the Bible, go to the, go to the first time it's mentioned. It's mentioned thousands of times. Well, if we go back to the first mention of water, it's going to give us a real pure definition of what water means from a biblical standpoint. Well, God, the first thing we know about him, God the Father, is that he was a worker. It says in the beginning, he didn't rest, he didn't, he didn't meditate, he didn't procrastinate, right? <laughs> It says, in the beginning, he created. That's the first thing that we see God do. And so to dig into that word, what does that really mean? It means to shape or to form or, or to, to make something out of nothing. And so Genesis 1 in the creation story, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's basically a journal of God's work. It's a journal of his work that he created this world and how he created this world. And we get to see that and the way that he did that. And so say, for instance, God, okay, so God creates this organization and he calls it earth, right? He calls it the, the world. Well, then he, he creates this, this person to manage it for him. He's known as Adam. Y'all know him? Some of you look at me a little confused. Okay, and so let's look at the first thing that God tells Adam to do. Genesis chapter 2. So he creates all the world. We've got a journal of God's work. We know, that, you know, we know what he, how he created the world. Pretty spectacular. Well, then he makes man. And it says in verse 15 of Genesis 2, he took man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
And so the first mention of man in the Bible, you see him. And, and what I want you to see is that, that work is part of the original blessing. That work is a gift from God. And what you're able to do and, and, and where you contribute and, and where you're able to use the gifts that God has given you. I think like, like culture has kind of turned work into a, one of the bad four-letter words. And, and sometimes we don't like it and sometimes we avoid it. But, but when, it's, when you know that it's what God's called you to do, it, it, it takes on a whole new meaning. It's pretty amazing. that the, Even the word, the word vocation is a Latin word, and it, it means to call. And so no matter what you do, again, the first calling to Jesus will never change. Your second calling, if I look back at my life, my first job, I, I washed dishes at a, at a seafood restaurant. I was 14. I walked there from the house. I, I, they paid me under the table. And then I got promoted to a, to a oyster shucker, all right? And so, like, I, I, I shucked oysters. And then I got promoted from that to the fry line, right? So I, was fry, I still got scars on my arms from dropping baskets of food at, 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 at the seafood restaurant. And if I look back in, in my life, there were times where I worked jobs. And in my mind, they, they were going nowhere, and in my mind, I couldn't, like, I had some bosses that were really bad. Like, I learned a lot on how to not do things. Come on, so, like, don't, don't look at it. Just, just, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. That, that I, I mean, and, and what shifted in my mind, I think what this, this verse tells us, is that, is that God has a specific work for us to do. And the more that we can see ourselves working with him and for him, the more fulfillment we're going to find in what we do, no matter what it is. No matter what, because so, my second calling is going to change. God might call me to do this for a season, and then he may call me to do that for a season. But my primary calling always stays the same. And so work, how do you define it? I think it's our specific human contribution to God's ongoing creation and to the common good. That every person's called to contribute something. Every person. And we have this thing in our culture called retirement. And I, don't, I, don't, and I think retirement is just a redirection of calling. Because if you've worked somewhere for 30 years, you've got a lot to contribute to a person that just started that job. You've got a lot of wisdom, and you've got a lot of value that you can give. And so the whole idea of I'm, gonna, I'm just going to work until I can sit poolside and drink my ties for the rest of my life, like how long before that gets boring? I mean, really. Probably for me, 20 years. I don't know. No, I don't scare. No. You're like, well, I can sit poolside during my times, bro. But the, for really, though, like, I mean, you've been on a cruise, right? Or you, you've gone somewhere. I mean, after about three or four days, it's like, okay, this is boring. I need something to do, right? I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not what it all was, 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 was presented to be because we're not called to just stop and, and get, we're, like, our, our callings shift around. They change. So you may not be the CEO anymore, but you sure could help the next one. Or you may not be pastoring anymore, but you sure could help the next one come in behind. And the wisdom that you've learned. And so the, these, these assignments, these secondary callings constantly change. But this, this will never change no matter what you do. He's called you to whatever your work is to bring him glory and to reveal his goodness on the earth. And if that's if you're raising children. That's if you work from home doesn't really matter. 
that what you do is, is called to bring God glory and reveal his goodness on the earth. And that's going to change all the time. Because in a shifting culture and how things are constantly changing, that, that God, these assignments, these secondary callings, they're going to always change. They're going to always change. But again, there's still the big question mark. How do I know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I felt that pressure for a long time. I mean, I worked at, do y'all know I worked at Pepsi? Did I say that already? <laughs> for like 10 years there. But the whole time I worked there, from the beginning point, in my heart, I was carrying around this dream that I thought I was supposed to be a pastor. Like, I felt like God had spoke that to me, but it wasn't happening. And so I'm working at, I'm working at Pepsi. I'm working in this, this career and the whole time I had this tension in my life, like, man, I don't, I'm not good enough. Maybe what I'm doing is not measuring up, that, that I've, I've missed my call because I'm not, I'm not working in full-time ministry. But if we look, look at the life of Jesus, this is fascinating to me. God's son, for 30 years, he did the kind of work that I would never think God would do. He was a craftsman. He built tables. He was in a wood, he was in a wood shop. The son of God that had all the power in his hands, right? Like had all the answers and all the wisdom of the world. And God had him making tables for 30 years. And I think in those 30 years of making tables, I know the first recorded miracle we have is the water to wine in, in, in John. But I can promise you there was a lot happening in that workshop. I can promise you that people's lives were being changed. I can promise you that God was using him just as much as a craftsman for those 30 years as he did when he began his public ministry for those three short years. So how do I know if, if what I'm supposed to do? If you're at a point in life where I'm questioning, is this what God's called me to do? Or you're in between right now. Frederick Beekner writes about this. and He just passed away last year. He was a pastor for a long time and a great writer. And he wrote about work and callings and vocations and how, how, how every person has a specific call from God on their life. And he says, if you find yourself in between, there's two things. How, how do I know if I'm called to do this? Well, what is it that you most need to do? Look back at our original verse. If we can put it back up there. Colossians 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, Paul says, whatever you do, he just leaves it open. I want you to take the pressure off of yourself from having to know exactly what you're supposed to do every day. <laughs> he says, whatever you do. I've found in my life that the people that, are, that, that have their first calling, that, that, that connection is healthy. They're walking with God. They're doing the best that they can to listen to his voice. Whatever they do ends up being blessed. If they start a coffee shop, it's blessed. If they start a construction business, it's blessed. If they decide to sell lemonade on the side of the road, because it has really nothing to do with that second calling, it's the first calling that's important. It's when I'm walking with God and I'm listening for his voice and I'm making that the priority of my life, I think whatever you decide to do, the Bible talks about he, that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that fascinating? That he knows what he's put inside of you. He knows the gifts that are there. And as we walk, and there's times in my life where I had no idea what I wanted. Didn't have a clue. 
You know, I, I just knew what I was doing was, was, was not, it just wasn't going well. <laughs> and I was thinking in my mind, okay, God, you know me better than I know myself, so, so help me here. Whatever you decide to do, he says, and then he goes on, work at it with all of your heart. That if we were, if we like were, I think like a more accurate way to say that is to work at it from your heart. And so what is it that you most feel like you're supposed to do? And that's going to change because if you're raising a family, you're going to most need to be at home some seasons. When you're a rock star employee, right, and you can make a lot of money and you can, do, you can run big things, but your calling changes. What do you most need to do? Well, you probably need to be there. Things change. And then the second thing that Beekner would ask people to think about, what do you most need to do and what does the world most need to have done? Look at the world around, look at your community, listen to the needs, listen, I mean, you know, like I think oftentimes we, we make this really, really complicated and, and God's saying, I just, I just want to bless your life and I want you to be fulfilled in what you do. And if we make that like our first priority, like God, I just want to listen to your voice, I want to serve you, all these assignments and things will just, they just seem to click in place. They just seem to happen. I heard a story about a, uh, a Mason. You can come on up. Let's so they think I'm closing. Start playing the piano. <laughs> heard a story about a family that went to England and they were touring this castle. It was a cathedral that was being built. And so it was, they were adding on to the back end of it. And so they, they were doing this tour and they're walking around in this beautiful cathedral. And they're, they're, they're walking through and there's a, there's a masonry there. He's cutting. He's working, and they walk up, and they said, what are you doing? And he looked at him, and he says, I'm cutting stone. And so they kept going on through this, this cathedral, and they walk up to this second guy, and he's doing something similar, and they ask him, well, what are, what is, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm making a living. Went right back to work. And towards the end of the tour, they get down this little stretch, and they notice there's this guy working, and he's whistling. His workstation's clean. <laughs> they noticed his cuts were a little better, and he seemed pretty happy to be there. And they knock on, they, they tap on his shoulder and say, hey, what are, what are you doing? And he looked at him with a smile. He said, I'm building a cathedral for God and for his people. And just had a smile on his face. All three guys doing the same thing. But only one seen it as a calling only one connected it to their purpose and to what God was doing and I want you to know whatever it is that you do every day you're touching people's lives you're making a difference and you may not be able to see it and the devil likes to just confuse us and drown it out and make us feel like well I'm just working this job I'm just driving this truck I'm just do you know this is just I'm just going through the motions but I'm telling you that's a lie from the enemy it's not true. A couple of years ago, I was going through kind of just a really weird time in my life. And uh, I was a little depressed, a little discouraged. It was during Christmas, during Christmas season. I think just something happens during Christmas season. I feel like, I don't know if we have more problems, but we feel them more. And it could, you know, if you know what I'm saying, and I was just, just uh, sorting around with some things in my, in my past and I couldn't, 
felt like I hadn't really got past it yet. And so I, I drove to this church, the church that I was raised in. I was raised Catholic and I needed some closure from some things. And it happened to be Christmas Eve. So I was like, you know, what's the chances of me talking to somebody on Christmas Eve at a, at a cat? Like, I, I was surprised they didn't call the police because I, I just went and I sat down on the bench in front of the church at like seven in the morning. Yeah, I'm crazy a little bit, okay? But that's the way God thought, does things in my life sometimes. I had to go back and, uh, and I'm just sitting there and it's Christmas Eve and I'm pretty emotional. And I thought, you know, I really felt like God told me to go there and nobody was there, and I'm like, okay, before somebody calls the police, I'm gonna get back in my car. <clears throat> and this lady, this uh, older, older lady, just walked up from behind me and put her hand on my shoulder. She said, son, do you need something? I said, yeah, I really need to get in that church. And I know this sounds weird, but I just need, to, I just need some closure from some things, and I felt like I was supposed to come here. She said, well, come with me. So I followed this lady into this church. She had keys and she let me in. And um, I sat down on the back pew and just started just processing stuff, crying. And she sat there with me, put her arm around my shoulder. And she said something to me, I'll never forget. She said, you know, tears are the way that, that God removes pain from your soul. She was there volunteering to trim the bushes at the church. And if that woman wouldn't have been there, my life would be completely different. I don't think she had any, I wish I would have got her name. <laughs> I wish that I, I wish I could, I've gone back honestly to, to, to like, hey, there's this lady and she trims the bushes. She's about 80, you know, like, like I just really want to thank her. But you never know who you're going to come in contact with every day while you're working. And you may think you're just there cutting bushes or you're just driving that bus, or you're just driving that truck, or you're just whatever. But God may send somebody in your path that desperately needs you to encourage them and to speak to them because ministry happens in the workplace. This is where we come to worship. But real ministry where God is moving, it's in the marketplace. That's where it's at. I want you to bow your head for a moment. We're gonna, we're gonna pray together. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence, God. We thank you that... You've called every single person to yourself, but then you've called them to a work. You've called them to do something, to contribute to the people that are around them, the community that they live in, the family that they live with. And so Lord, help us not to make it about positions and titles anymore. Help us to not make it about income and all that stuff, which is good, but Lord, help us to, to really dig down deep and hear your voice and know that no matter what our title or position may be, you've called us to contribute to the people around us and the community that we live in and work in. And, and Lord, I pray for that person that may feel confused about their, their, their job right now and Maybe it's really stressful this time of year and there's a lot going on and there's deadlines and meetings and budgets and the IRS is starting to email again and all that great stuff at the first of the year. And Lord, help us to just keep it simple. 
Help us in all of that stuff to know every day that we get up, Lord, that we're serving you and not man. That we're serving you, that our worship is our work. It's what we do every day with our hands. It's how we treat the people that we work with. That's our worship. And so God, we just thank you so much that you haven't called us to figure all this out on our own. You haven't called us to try to figure all this out and find the meaning of our life ourselves. But because there's a calling, there's a caller and you are him. And so Lord, we just turn our heart over to you. We turn our life over to you. We just pray for your direction and guidance. And we just thank you so much. Just in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.